laughs like a show called Family Guy. When one eps here, the next passes by. Sometimes you laugh, sometimes you cry. The funny talking baby shit fucking fry. There's other shows on streaming too, but they're not fun to watch with the crew. They don't have a guy who's good at sex and a gal who's mom to Chris and Meg. We won't hesitate to stay up fucking late to watch all of season five. Yeah. Life is a baby, and I want it talking all night long. If you're gonna watch it, at least laugh a little bit. Rock, rock okay. on, Mason. Yes, rock bro. on. Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> Mason oh. was doing a, doing a little dance there. That was cute, bro. Yeah, it was pretty fun. That was a fun song parody you did. I, I thought it was trash, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I literally, I was like sitting down yesterday to like, you know, get my notes ready and everything for the show. And I was like, what the, f- what the fuck am I going to do? I had like, I, I had seen it so clearly the last two weeks with Rock in the mm. Suburbs and Take mm-hmm. It on the Run. Um, and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? But guess what? I figured it out. Came up with something. Yeah, I figured it out as always. Because he just needs to miss once. We just need him to miss once on these song parodies, you know? He 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 don't miss. He really don't miss. Every <laughs> single week. SpongeBob is SpongeBob is very tired at this point. Cause every time you do it, he ha- he has to get up and he kicks down my window and he just screams he just screams into the mic. He don't miss. <laughs> and then everyone is like, is that Spongebob in the house? Is Spongebob in the house? And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, dude, and it's him. If you're just tuning in this week, if this is your first episode, I encourage you to go back and try to find... <laughs> try, to fl- try to find what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Listen, brother, I'm burnt. <laughs> well, listen, listen, I'm... I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't go. That song is funny as hell to me. Uh, which song? I'm sorry. Do you not know that song? What song is it? Oh, which one? fuck. Okay. Maybe maybe you're going to maybe I'm going to play that for you right now. What the hell oh. is that song called though? Yeah, I guess the I guess so last so if you are just joining us for the first time SpongeBob has never come on the show and said he don't miss about a song parody. It would be fun if he did. Uh, I found the song. An, I found the song. A recent thing that we've we've in, uh, that Noah specifically has uh, brought into the the tapestry of the show, which is uh, Eclipse. And you know what? I like them. I think they're fun. I found. I think I found fun. the song. It's not even a clip. It's just you're. I I would be shocked if you've never heard this song before because it was it had its moment in the sun. But are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Spirits in my head and they won't go. I got guns in my head. What year are we talking about with this? Is the moment of the song. Let's look. 2016. No, this is like an era of music that like if I didn't hear it at the gym or in an Uber or a Lyft, then I probably, if it was a pop song, then I wouldn't even know what it (laughs) is. Those are the three three places you were listening to music in 2016? Just pop music. Like just like something that sounded like that. Like just something that sounded like Imagine Dragons or a... uh, mixed with fucking what was it called? Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Remember that? I never I got into know. him, truthfully. Yeah, that was before your time. Yeah, because as we know, as we know in the show. Yeah, that was a little. Before, the show. That was a little bit 
before when I really started to come in. 2016 was when I graduated college, brother. Yeah, I was just crawling out of my mom's pussy around that time. (laughs) So, you know, I was just just coming into this world a wee babe, trying to learn all there is to learn, putting my fingers in my mouth, putting toys in my mouth. It was fucked up. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that you were uh, three years old, uh, but in dog years. (laughs) Three years old, but in dog years. And guess what? I I can still be friends with someone. You're like Gen X, right? (laughs) You're like borderline Gen X boomer shit, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. You fought in the Korean War, (laughs) right? Yeah, that's you, my veteran friend, Mason. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I came over to America. I'm a first generation immigrant. That's yeah. I in, in, yeah. yeah. You fought in the animation domination wars of that's right the <laughs> mid to late two thousands. That's awesome, yes. Mason. Uh, that's right. And a lot of good men died for Alan Gregory, <laughs> dude. That's true. A lot of good men did die for Alan Gregory, and I feel like a lot more good men are gonna die for Duncanville and the Great North. As well, which is fucked up. That the they say, "Hey, we're out of the animation domination. <laughs> We've pulled all the troops out," and yet, yeah. Fox is still going for animation domination with shit like Duncanville. It's really irresponsible. I really wish that they would, uh, that they would um, let, uh, I guess, cooler heads prevail. But nothing seems to stop their voracious appetite for animation. Speaking of a voracious an- uh, animation for appetite, this is on the list uh, show about. Yeah. Um, pop, just bullshit, I guess, in a certain Yeah, right, point. at this point. It's <laughs> a show about underrated music, movies, and a whole hell of a lot more. I am, of course, the funny-talking yeah. baby Noah Marger, as always, and with me is the funny-talking dog, Sleeping Joe Biden, Mason McGuire. Mason, what's up? What are we rocking today? Uh, being extra sleepy. Uh, cool. I mentioned it earlier, but I am tired today. <laughs> well, you might, be, you might be tired, but... Are you rehabbing a sports injury like your co-host is? <laughs> what? Uh, Mason, I have three things that we need to talk about before we dive into our into our main course today. Consider this the appetizer of the show. Sure, sure, sure. Thing number one, course number one. Mm-hmm. Mini, or mm-hmm. I guess, like, think of this as like a sampler platter that you would get at, like, Denny's or little, something like that. Yeah, like a <laughs> little cheese plate, little charcuterie board coming in. I'm thinking maybe like mozzarella sticks, buffalo wings, oh, and, and chicken Ooh. strips like that is what I'm Delicious. thinking. Delicious. Yes. Let's stick with that's good. Okay. That sounds good. I would say these are this is the uh this is the buffalo wing, I would say, of the three things Ooh. that I have to talk about. Uh Mason, I'm rehabbing a sports injury <laughs> right now. Um uh I got the shot. What I get when this comes out, I guess it'll be three weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. and I do a little bit of weightlifting every morning and I took a couple days off when I had gotten the shot because my arms uh, were hurting and my body was sore and obviously where you get the shot, the side of the injection can make your arm feel a little weird. I don't think that's too crazy yeah. to say, right? Right. So, <clears throat> took a couple days off from it, whatever. Had some things to do that week maybe that prevented me from getting in the gym even after like the two or three days of you know letting my arms rest or whatever. So I come back the next week and I'm like, okay, here we go. Time to lift. Time to, you know, time to time to get in there, time to pump some iron. And I have this workout last Monday and I'm like, "Ooh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong." Bill mm-hmm. Gates is like, you know, whatever microchip that's in me right now probably gave me some like cyborg type powers. Like things are things are feeling good right now. And I had a great workout. I sweat a lot. It was awesome. And then the next day when I woke up, 
my right shoulder hurt so fucking bad. And I was Dude. like, oh, no. what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? So I was like, okay, I'm not going to lift weights for like the next like two days. See how, you know, let my arm like shoulder heal a little bit. And throughout the next couple, you know, days or whatever, my shoulder got less sore. But sometimes when I lift my right arm up in the air a little bit, it still hurts. So mm. I told my dad and I was like, hey, my right arm, you know, shoulder area still kind of hurts. And he was like, okay, does it hurt when you do this? And he like had me do like a certain stretch. And I'm like, no, not really. And again, this is not immense pain or anything, but it is fun to yeah. say that I'm rehabbing a sports injury. Um, yeah. And so and he was like, do one of these. And so I'm like lifting up or whatever. And I was like grabbing onto like the threshold of the doorway or whatever. And I was like, yeah, there is like a little mm. bit of pain there. And he's like, you might have a uh, micro tear in your rotator cuff. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay. Okay. That's awesome. That's actually really sick for me, considering yeah. you know that I am a huge weightlifter <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So uh, I'm rehabbing a sports injury right now. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that I went a little too hard at the gym. So yeah. now I'm rehabbing a sports injury for like at this least is, the next week. You know, I didn't want to say anything, but this is the first episode of this show that Noah's done shirtless. This is and... the first one. Yeah, and I just got to say, really impressive looking chest you got going on there, brother. Thank you. Really, Thank you, man. Good, good work on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I'm seeing my own reflection, actually, in the computer screen. That is how shiny and sleek uh, Noe's buff chest is. Yeah. So listen up, ladies. Listen up. This isn't your... <laughs> This isn't your Masons. This isn't your gross, dusty podcaster <laughs> over here, Noah Marger. No, no, no. No, this is a, a new and improved Superman Noah we got. LL Cool N. Ladies love yeah, Cool well, Noah. So. Which you've known that was what that stood for for a long time, right? No. I just the LL in LL Cool J for the no. ladies love. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bit, my bit was that you knew that fact, but <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've actually known that for a, I've actually known that for a long time. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's 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 uh, buffalo wing. That's buffalo wing gotcha. number one. Mm, delicious. Well, I guess nice, nice little ranch in there too. Yeah, a little blue. I would say a little blue cheese, but no, no worries. Oh, um, appropriate. Secondly, uh, a little follow up from a couple weeks ago. When I was asking you and Marin, maybe Chris also, I don't know if Chris actually stuck around for this, but when I was talking about how much I missed Red Robin. Yeah. I went to Red Robin last night. Yum. Yum. There is one by our house, and I did not know, but they do a very safe outside uh, patio eating. And I didn't even yeah. realize that they had a patio until we were over in that area doing an errand, and I was like, holy shit, they got outdoor seating over there. So I went. And Delicious. it was great because I love Red Robin, bro. I'm so happy for you, bro. That sounds so nice. Thank you. So I just had to update everyone, make sure that they knew that I got Red Robin. Um, when's the last time you went to a Red Robin, Mason? I don't think I don't think I've ever been to one, honestly. <laughs> um, it's fucked up. I think that I yeah yeah. There used to be one uh, kind of in the Gold Host. Gold Coast, which is a uh, neighborhood in the city of Chicago that is uh, very ritzy ditzy. Um, oh fuck! They got it's so ritzy. They had a Red Robin. We got a Red Robin, but it was where my uh, first therapist's office was, yeah. and so I would pass by it. It's also near where the Museum of Contemporary Art was, and so I'd pass by it a lot. I had a lot of occasion to pass by the Red Robin, but just on the other side was the Chick Fil A, and uh, of the two, I decided to go to Chick-fil-A more often. I'm, I don't blame you, know, you, man. Which is why I'm canceled. Well, listen, I'm going to cancel myself, too. I think it is the best fast food restaurant in the world. 
It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. It's pretty, it's good. pretty yummy to go to Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's considered that the chicken strip uh, of mm. the sampler platter. A- appropriate, appropriate. What more blue cheese with that, or what was the what was what was the sauce? Uh, I'm probably gonna time. dunk that in a layer of my own shit. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's what I'm gonna go for. Yum yum. <laughs> Some people, some people might think that all of it tastes like you're dunking in the layer of your own shit, considering you know what your taste palette would be. But yeah, here is the mozzarella stick. Here's the last mm. one. Been listening of late to a lot of late two thousands pop R and B and hip hop. Okay, mm-hmm. specifically Akon. You remember Akon? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like Akon? Uh, I do remember being in fifth grade and hearing that song, Lonely, I'm So Lonely, and being like, damn, say <laughs> Yes, Akon, preach, brother. Um, so I do like Akon, is what I'm trying to say. Well, <laughs> I guess if you like Akon, you're going to like what I'm about to say. I want to listen to it's on the list, nah, nah. I want to listen to it's on the list, nah, nah. Why wasn't that your parody song this week? Because I had already written the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that this morning before we got on the uh, before we got on the call. So now the sampler platter's done. Uh, we can eat um, our main I mean, course, which is... Um, uh, turds, <laughs> just turds. I would say better things than that. I would say better things than that. I would also say better things than that. Okay, Mason, we're doing something mm-hmm. unprecedented this week. Yeah, something unprecedented, folks. Kind of seems we like cov- we're always doing unprecedented things on this show. It feels like every week, you know. Yeah, yeah. We were the first podcast to record remote. Uh, That's true. We were the That's first true. podcast to uh, ever uh, cover the 100 gags. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were, we're also the first. Uh, we we're also the first podcast to cover politics. Also, <laughs> we were the first. Po- yes, that's. I keep forgetting that because it was the first thing we ever did. That's how people knew us. We were also the first podcast to be called "What the Fuck" with Mark Marin. <laughs> we were. Yes, we're actually the first podcast on the iTunes Store. Believe it or not. <laughs> yep. as well. So I'm breaking a lot of ground on this stupid piece of shit show. Um, but Mason. What are we doing yeah. this week in the in the music? Hey, Mason's music corner. Let's take a drive Mason's on over to Mason's, Mason's music choice. Corner. Mason's choice this week in terms of albums. Uh, instead of covering just one album, we are covering two by the same artist. A artist that is relatively new to me. They have an album. They had an album come out earlier this year, uh, and I wanted to talk about that album as well as one that came before it. And folks, what we are talking about today is uh, Strawberry Fields. Strawberry Feels, rather, and Nature of Things by the Singapore uh, rock, I think, Quintet? Five members? I don't know. The Singapore rock band, <laughs> Subsonic Eye. Snap, 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 or clap. Hey, I Mason's, you know, got a hand free so he can do the clap. I'm going to do the snap. Yeah, brother. Uh, yeah. What What is your history with these guys? You know, you just said that you're relatively yeah. new to them, but, like, how do they come into your field of vision? This was a uh, band that when in the beginning of the year, I was I set a goal. I was like, I want to listen to like I want to find a lot of new music. And I feel like that's a New Year's resolution I have every year is like I want to listen to new music. Pretty simple thing. There's a ton of music being made every day. There's a ton of music that's been made every day for thousands of 
year. Yeah. So there's always new music to find. In any case, my antenna was up a little bit for like something kind of contemporary, like around 2021. You know, I wanted to sure. start early, wanted to find something cool to listen to. And I was just scrolling through Tumblr, I think either on my phone or on my laptop one night. And somebody had reposted the song Fruitcake from Nature of Things. Okay. And so I listened to it. And basically from the jump, I was like, I want to see what these guys are up to. I don't think that Nature of Things have come had come out yet. And so I like followed them on like Bandcamp so I could be in the know when that album came out. And I listened to that whole album in like January, February and really, really fell for it. And have just kind of kept, been returning to that album a lot um, since hearing it for the first time. And then recently I decided to just go in a little deeper and listen to their first album, Strawberry Feels, just to kind of get my head around where they started versus where they are now. This is their third album that came out this year. Uh, and I like that album a whole lot too. have not listened to uh, Dive Into, I think is the second album in between this these two here. Um, but they were just a newer find for me, and I liked them, and I wanted to show them to my friend Noah. Hey. And so bring them on to the podcast, so to speak. Hey. Uh, but Noah. Yeah. Noe, do you have any history with this band before I show well, them to you? There was a little bit of behind the scenes rumblings of this band mm-hmm. on this show. <laughs> I think, was it the week we ended up doing the Western shit? That you were originally no, because that guys? was your album choice. That was going to be Langley oh, Schools. Yeah. I'm trying to remember because the week that we didn't cover them, I put fruitcake at the end of the episode for like people to listen to. I'm oh to yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember what episode it was. If you want to yeah. look at that, possibly. But uh, hey, can you get on that, dude? <laughs> I'm, right <laughs> I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding you. Okay, just cool, fucking cool. around, dude. Hey, can you? Okay. Can you seriously lighten the fuck up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you seriously knock off whatever the fucking bullshit you're doing over there is. Um, yeah, I knew I didn't even really know their name to be honest with you. I just like remember the album cover. I just remember you had sent me Nature of Things. We're like, I want to talk about this on the show. It's from 2021. I was like, cool, awesome. We're in 2021 now. Always fun to find something that is literally brand new or from this year and cover it and be like, hey, this is a new piece of music that just came out that is probably not being viewed by as many people as it should be. I always think that's fun mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to sort of be on the pulse of those kind of things. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I had never listened to Subsonic Eye before, had never listened to Strawberry Fields, never listened to Nature of Things, but I was, I did recognize the album cover when you sent it to me again. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, Mason, you'd sent this to me before. But do you remember what episode that was where we were going to cover Nature of Things? I believe it was going to be the Prince episode, the Artificial Age episode. I forget why I changed my mind. I've been trying to find open up the... I think it was uh, because you just were listening to the album, the Prince album, and you were like, this slaps. I think it was like an impulse thing. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah, that makes more sense. And, you know, I wanted to bring this back because I had been listening to Strawberry Feels a lot and still wanted to talk about nature things, and I thought, this slaps. Let's just bring it on. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is the Prince episode here i just can't have i don't have the um i went about this the entirely wrong way i opened it on spotify first and then on soundcloud neither of which let you read the fucking description which would have helped me out here you're freaking uh, out bro you're freaking yes the fuck that out. is yes so if you're curious to hear the song fruitcake by subsonic eye it's at the end of the john's gone artificial age in american movie episode episode 61 but enough bullshit. <laughs> enough bullshit, Mason. Hey, you know what? Enough you know bullshit. what my fucking motto is this year, dude? No more bullshit. 
That's my fucking motto this year, okay? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Say it, tell it to them. Tell them to the people. You know what? Tell them to the people, but they might not be listening because they're too scared to hear the truth. Holy you know what it shit. Is. Holy shit. You know what? You know how it is? Yeah. yeah. I got to say mm-hmm. it louder for the people in the back who don't have mm-hmm. their listening caps on, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Folks, Yeah. no more bullshit, okay? Hey. Hey. Listen. Listen. And silence. In silence. Have the exact same letters. <laughs> That's not true, is it? Listen inside. My band teacher used to say that in front of concerts to get the parents to like calm down and listen to the concert. He would oh. say, "Remember, listen and silent have the exact same letters." Silent. I thought you said silence. Oh, okay, that actually does make no sense. silent. Listen and silent have the exact same. Letters. No, listen, listen and silence. <laughs> Mason, what do you like about these guys? What do you like about, <laughs> what do you like about Subsonic? Here's Eye? what I like about these guys. They're description on Bandcamp is just is like just four friends jamming or just five friends jamming or something like that and i just like listening to these folks and being able to hang out with them while they're making cool music like that's just kind of the feeling that i get from from them it's just like they're gonna set aside like 40 minutes and just like kind of do what like make songs that sound cool i guess um that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I, 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 I think that they're just a, a fascinating and interesting and tremendous band, I guess. Well, listen, dude. Yeah. Can I, can I say what I want to say? Yeah, say what you're, you're going to say. Say what you, say what you need to, to say. Say what you need, what you need to, say. to say. Yeah. Who sings that? Mm-hmm. Is that John Mayer? That is John Mayer, I believe. Shout out to the fucking king, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the king, John. Hey, have you heard of this mm-hmm. guy, John Mayer? Um, he's pretty cool. No, he's kind of a dickhead. Um... Listen to Strawberry Feels first, because I was like, I'm going to go in order here. Do mm. what God intended, and I'm going to listen to it in God's truth order, sure. uh, which is chronological. Um, that's God's truth. Um, and so I listened to Strawberry Feels first, and I did not like the first half of that album very much. Interesting. When did you, when did you start to come in on that album? Well, here's I'm, I'm going to say something before I get to that point. Are you ready for okay. this? Okay. Okay. Uh, it kind of reminded me of uh, Indigo to Souza's album that we covered a little bit, and okay. I was not mm-hmm. a huge on that album as a whole. I think they really lean into, especially in the first half of Strawberry Fields, like a shoegazy, dream pop yeah. sort of sound, and I don't inherently dislike that, but in both of the instances in which we've really dug into that on this show, haven't been as big of a fan. I know that some people really like that. I just happen to not really care for that as much. That's more of a taste thing. Sure. Um, Mm. But it just feels very, like, airy and wispy in a way that I'm not just very down on. But I really did enjoy the second half of the album more, especially starting with 178. Uh, I think that that is, like, a really interesting break in the album. I don't know if it's the exact halfway point. It is, in fact, the exact halfway point, believe it or not. I'm looking at the track list right now, and it is <laughs> the fifth track of the ten on the album. And I just think that that is where the production starts to get a little bit more interesting. They start to have a little bit more fun with experimenting with sort of how sounds can change throughout a song, how mm-hmm. the sort of rhythm of things can change, how things can build, and how they can evolve throughout the course of a song. And I really, really like uh, that song in particular, 178, uh, Early Girl is this like nice little interlude that comes after 178. And Sunkissed Skin, which is probably the most like poppy song on the album, is in the mm-hmm. back half as well. 
And that song really, I think, could just be on the radio and people would just love that song. Like, I think that song could Agreed. be like a huge, like, pop hit, so to speak. Um, overall, thought it was fine. You know, this album mm-hmm. as a whole, thought it was fine. A little undercooked, I think, especially on the front half for mm-hmm. me, but I think that's more of a taste thing. So if you weren't as big mm-hmm. on the Indigo D'Souza stuff, I would say that you probably won't be as big on Strawberry Fields. But Mason, <laughs> then I just went straight into Nature of Things because I was like, I yeah. want to do these back-to-back. I want to give these, you know. And they're literally like the same length. They're both 27 minutes yeah. long. They're less than 30 minutes. So I think they're very doable to do back-to-back. Yeah, which was my pitch, too. It was like, I want to bring on two. Can't choose between one or the other. I want to bring on. Why not do both? Porque no los dos. Okay. <laughs> and I, uh, Mason, you say that all the time. That's crazy. I do say that all. Yes. It, it's Yeah. And you know it. I, <laughs> but anyways, that was my pitch. I I was want, like, hold on. Shut looking. up, Mason. Shut up for a second. I, if people out there think that Mason <laughs> talks about Porque no los dos all the time. DM me because that's I've never heard him say it. And I sent the is the gif of the girl doing it in a group chat that we're in with Thomas. And he was like, I say that all the time. Like Mason, I've never heard you once fucking say (laughs) porque no los dos. So listener challenge. (laughs) If you've heard Mason say it before, DM me, you know where to fucking find my ass. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we're going into nature of things. Yeah. I, I don't even – oh, that was my pitch to you is because these are both somewhat short albums. Like, to yes. listen to them back-to-back is about, like, a f- less – about the length of a feature-length film. 80 minutes, basically. It's – Do it. It's you know? it's like less than an hour. Yeah. <laughs> they're, both, they're both 27 minutes. It's less than an hour of listening. And I was like, that's great. That's fine. I'm totally down to do that. That would be like listening to one normal-sized album or one, you know, standard-sized yeah. album. This out Nature of Things really fucking good all the way through. Just like it's certified bangers from top to bottom pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a pre- it's there's it's a real it's a it's a no fat album, which is what I love about it. There's uh, one song to me that sounds like it could have been included on Strawberry Fields and that is the song, let me hold on. Believe I know what the song is, but I want to look at the album for is it sure. Spiral? It is Spiral, dude. Yeah. Yes, it is Spiral. It's the eighth track. I feel like that is the most similar to Strawberry Fields. I feel like that's a little bit more akin to the sound on that album, a little more dream pop, a little more shoegazy type thing. Whereas this just feels like indie rock. Like this feels a little bit more solidified in the indie rock uh, like hole or the you know just area. And I really, really dig what's going on on this. I think that the production just sounds like a little bit more solid. Things feel a little bit more fleshed out as far as like the actual sonic quality of it. It feels a little bit more like together as far as like the the type of sound. You know, I just am really interested to see if they go somewhere similar or somewhere different on their next album. But this album fucking rocks. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to bring them on the show and it's like this kind of duo thing is because I think like especially in 2017 when Strawberry Fields came out, I like that album a lot. I think that I like Cosmic Realignment, but I'm more or less in line with you that the last half of that album is really what I'm more kind of interested in. I think sounds a little more like kind of whole, a little, um, that kind of like big dream poppy, like kind of shoegazy stuff that I'm into, you know, yeah. uh, I'm into, like, I was really into that Indigo D'Souza album, um, you know, which is why, uh, I'm sorry, Strawberry Feels, I think, aligned a little more with my taste. Um, but it's a much bigger kind of sound, which I think is like what rocks sounded like back in 2017, where Nature of Things, I really think is like kind of 
um, there's an interesting experiment that they did with this um, that I read in just like some quick research where most music I think is, or most instruments are tuned to 440 Hertz. I'm not quite sure of, you know, what that means, but they tune their instruments in this to 432 Hertz, which allegedly is the tune, like the frequency that earth vibrates at. Nuts. So they like literally made this album, like kind of more in tune with, or with the intention of being more like kind of down to earth. Um, and I think it's interesting Again, I haven't listened to to dive into, but it's a 41-minute album. It's by far the longest of their three albums so far. Um, And I like that um, just two albums into their sort of, like, I guess, career or discography or whatever, that they're, like, really effectively, I think, paring down um, their sound and their kind of uh, intent almost in a way. It's interesting. I just kind of wanted to point it out to some. No, that is a good point because it's like – Strawberry Fields is like, you know, hey, we're trying some stuff. You know, maybe this is not exactly what we are going to do in the future, but we're trying stuff. And I'm always for people trying things. You know, I I don't know if I've said this quote on this show before, but my buddy Kyle has this awesome quote that I have stolen and just like to use, which is, I'd rather watch somebody shit the bed than fart under the covers, you know? Oh, yeah. Which it's, like, way more interesting to watch someone take a big, heavy swing and, like, really commit to something and, like, do it than it is to watch something that's, like, ah, you know, like a half measure, you know, just, like, try, you know, very delicately. It's, like, no, just commit to whatever you're going to do and, like, really go for it. Whether you Mm -hmm. fail or succeed is almost, like, not the point at a certain level you know it's just about doing it and trying things which i would you know i'm always going to be more interested in that than i am the fucking jack ryan show (laughs) amazon prime whatever it's like okay we get it you love the cia bro you you want (laughs) to fuck animal actor bro we get it um no but i do think nature of things just feels like a great next step you know, and I again, yeah. I haven't listened to dive in their second album either, but I listen to these two for the show, and this one just feels like from top to bottom. Like Mason, I you know I know you lie about how many times you listen to the albums on this show. I am not lying to you when I say I listened to this album three whole times in preparation yeah, for this, because the first time obviously to listen to it to get you know a sense. The last couple albums I really haven't been listening to, you know, twice through either because I have a history with them or I'm just mm. like I kind of know how I feel about this sort of off the bat. I listened to this one a second time because I wanted to see if some of the things that I didn't like about it the first time maybe smoothed out a little bit and I started to enjoy it a little bit more. And the third time mm. was literally just I like this and I want to listen to this and we're going to do the show in, you know, an hour. So I want to make sure I'm refreshed. But I legitimately enjoyed listening to this. Uh, I think that the sound is more cohesive, more full, more... And it's interesting you said that you think Strawberry Fields has a bigger sound because I think this has a bigger sound, personally. Maybe maybe I'm thinking bigger sound in, like, a production sense where things just feel more full and more rich, but I think this actually has a bigger sound than Strawberry Fields I think, okay, I like that you describe this album as fuller and rich because I would describe it that way. I guess what I'm thinking is, like... Strawberry Fields is a little more expansive. Okay, It's sure. kind of, like, bigger, like, kind of bigger in the sound. Sa- oh, I don't want to talk about this. The nice thing, the thing that I like about um, Nature of Things is it finds a very good balance between, like, the interiority of, like, the lyrics and um, kind of nurse singing and kind of, I guess, just... Um, like, the overall energy of the music? The overall energy, yeah. yeah. And they're able to 
with that kind of inward focus create a sonic area around it that feels very that feels abundant and big um like there's animal sounds in this i think it's in spiral actually where if you like are listening with some good headphones and just like really intently listening you can hear there's like dogs in it like oh, just like cool. kind of dogs barking yeah yeah um and uh you know there's nature there's, there's literally nature sounds in in the sort of just like i guess the mix of the of that album um in a way that it doesn't like if he, I don't have a, a quite a thought on this yet, so why don't you go off on something real quick while I try to gather? Uh, I mean, honestly, here. to be honest with you, I don't really have any more else to say about okay. it than what okay. I've already said. Other than, I get, I will save my final final thoughts for when we do our recommend and Mercedes valuable players gotcha. and stuff. But can gotcha. I go ahead and dive into some fast facts? Yeah, let's do some fast facts. That would that would help. Yeah, out. you know what? That would let's help. Do out. some fast facts. What if you know what, dude? Why don't we just do some fast facts real quick? I actually don't have a lot because, like you, like you know, like Mason said, uh, these guys are very much under the radar. Like mm-hmm. their top play. I'm also surprised that Cosmic Realignment is their number one listened to song on Spotify with just over. I wonder half a if it was plays. like in. I don't um, really dig it that much. A, I think that like a, a bit, every a other song well, I haven't listened to the uh, or an episode Club, of TV or a TikTok song, or like, something, which is why it's I, I have so popular six hearted songs from them in their top 10 and one mm. of them is from uh strawberry fields and it's sunkissed skin because that's the most like pop song i feel like of everything else but like anima what is it how do you say anim animism is that how you say it animate yeah i think animism let me look at i it think again. it is animism um, um yeah animism that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs on uh on nature of things i think it just rocks i think every person is playing you know and you can hear each person playing which i think is like the really yeah. like mark of like a just really good musicians and b like really good mixing and mastering when you can hear each person playing their instrument and it doesn't take away from anybody else playing their instrument you know yeah Um, exactly and that song Mm -hmm. only has eighteen thousand plays like these guys are like very much on the come up and very much underground so if you are interested in anything that we've said so far if any of that does float your boat i really would just consider going through and listening to that you know spotify 10 or one of these albums if they sound a little bit more up your alley Definitely. Uh, definitely agree. I don't know. We got zoomed for a little bit, so I don't know if you heard it, but I wonder if Cosmic Realignment was in like an episode of a TV show or something or like on a, in a movie or something, which is why it's somewhat so popular, because um, it is interesting that that one has almost half a million streams and all the other songs are a little less um, less streamed, if you can count that as like a kind of market popularity or whatever. But yeah, they're on the come up. I was really... Um, happy and surprised to find them because i'm really excited to see what they do moving forward i am as well i'm i these guys are definitely people to keep an eye out for i'm trying to google if cosmic realignment was in a movie but i'm not uh, i don't care i don't give a shit at the moment <laughs> let's do some fast yeah facts. Was, let's do some fast facts let's do it and i don't have a lot you know, because like you know like we said, there's just not a lot of information about them out. So a lot they don't even have a Wikipedia page. So a lot of these came from interviews from the band. Uh, a lot of this came from their band camp. So here we go. Subsonic Eye is a Singaporean rock group formed in 2015 by Daniel Castro Borsis, I believe is how you say it, and Nur Waida when they met in school and realized they shared a love of music 
or like shared a love for the same type of music. Uh, when asked about their main inspirations in a 2018 interview with Noise Artists, Borses responded, quote, Our inspiration is really just personal experiences with situations and emotions, then trying to translate the particular experience into a song. We like incorporating and borrowing elements from shoegaze, dream pop, indie rock, and psychedelia to make our own sound. It's fun and liberating to be able to do anything without being confined by, oh man, what if this doesn't sound like us? There are no rules! Three exclamation points yeah. at the end of that. Which yeah. I think really comes through in both of these albums because there is the emphasis on the shoe, shoegaze, on the strawberry feels, and then a little bit more emphasis on the indie rock. And, like, do you ever listen to Hop Along? Yeah, I've listened to Hop Along. I think these guys kind of have a little bit of a similar sound to Hop Along, at least in the Hop Along that I've listened to. I mm-hmm. think. I think it's Painted Door mm-hmm. was their 2015 album that I really, really like. Uh, there's a, Yeah, that album rocks. Similar sounds, especially, I think. Maybe the vocals, yeah. very different. Uh, but mm-hmm. as far as the actual just sound and like the sonic qualities of both, I think both are very similar. Um, in regards to the recording process of Strawberry Fields, Borses commented, we're recording everything out of our friend's studio, but there were some complications with the rest of the place, and the studio ended up closing down, so we lost all the oh, tracks no. and had to start from scratch, but luckily we had backed up the drum tracks. Uh, that is a fucking nightmare, if you're doing anything. That's, uh, yeah, that, uh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's not really else much to say about it other than it does suck, and amazing that they were able to finish the album. Basically. Yeah. So shout out to them. Like Mason said, instead of the usual 440 hertz that most music is tuned to, Nature of Things was written to an alternate frequency of 432 hertz. That's what conspiracists declare a healing and even divine frequency because it's what the earth resonates at and it heals and just that kind of thing. So if you pick up a guitar with with normal tuning, you won't be able to play along with the tracks unless you tune to 432 Uh, Then the website said, just a small twisted Easter egg, which I thought was something uh, funny and cool to say, considering that I've been hearing about this movie Joker. Have you ever heard of a movie Joker, Mason? Oh, I've heard some things about Joker, but I got to tell you about it off mic. Okay, that's fair. I don't really even think that it, I don't even think we can talk about it on mic, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, This is from their Bandcamp page uh, in regards to nature of things. Quote, shedding heavy fuzz and fanfare for raw tonality and wearied lyricism, Singaporean noise rock mainstays Subsonic Eye reinvent themselves on their third full-length release, Nature of Things. Coming to grips with their place in a strange world, the band finds refuge in confessional intimacy with a grounded palette that evokes the album's namesake, Nature, whilst pondering the toll of human indulgence. Capturing beauty in the liminal, Nature of Things finds the band's poignantly celebrating the spirits of a natural world fast disappearing, in a world that seems to be closing in, their sonic metamorphosis becomes a source of life-affirming refuge. That's amazing. By embracing their most in- immediate instincts, Subsonic Eye takes their boldest steps forward. As, I mean, does it? I, I think that's pretty much that sums it up. I feel like in a lot of ways, you know. Who was that again? That was just on their Bandcamp page. Like maybe oh, one of yeah. they them wrote it. I don't know, but like that was. I don't know. I feel like that's just a really amazing, eloquent way. Um, way better than anything we then, said about this album. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, take the band at their word, folks. They're they're good. They're good. Uh, I have two sets of Mercedes Valuable Players and Recommends for both of these. Mason does not because even mm-hmm. though I told him that's what I was going to do, he said, fuck you. I'm going to do something different. And I said, great. 
for Strawberry Fields, my Mercedes Valuable Player is the production on 178 with those voices that are heard in the back, sort of as the mm-hmm. song comes to an end. That really just lit me up. I was like, holy shit, I think that's awesome. That really just made me feel emotional, you know? Sort of, it made me feel very, like, I guess about memories and stuff because that album is a little bit more dreamy, you know, dreams and memories yeah. it sort of had a little bit more of that ethereal quality to it of like, Oh, that's like slipping away. So that was my Mercedes viable player for that. Uh, that album gets a big conditional wreck for me. If you like the Indigo to Souza album as a whole that we covered with Kelly, you'll probably like this, but for me, it was hit and miss at best. I think the second mm-hmm. half is when it comes more alive. Uh, and then for nature of things, my Mercedes Bible player for that is just the production of that one as a whole. Produced by Subsonic Eye, mixed by Keen Reformando, and mastered by Paul Gold, according to their band camp. Those are the credits that are listed on their band camp. And Mason, this album gets a full recommend from me. That's the highest possible recommendation, even though we have the most broken, fucked up, weird rating system in the history of podcasting. This gets the highest possible recommendation from me. This is something oh, yeah. I will probably just listen to outside of the show. And that's usually a mark for me of like something getting a full recommend, at least in the music world, is like, would I listen to this outside of the context of doing it's on the list? Hell and yeah. I probably will. I can see myself doing it, considering I've already kind of done it already. So full recommend yeah. for me on this. Mason, what about you? So my Mercedes Valuable Player, I just want to give uh, to the... The line on their Bandcamp, which I found, actually, uh, that I think encompasses this project as a whole, which is just five friends jamming. So my Mercedes Valuable Player goes to five friends jamming. Uh, I You can tell that, you know, they have a lot of um, ambition and a lot of um, drive and desire to kind of experiment and play around with their sounds. And I just like that they are having a good time doing it and sharing it with us. So it's... Shout out to them. Um, I would also do, I would do a light recommend for um, Strawberry Feels. I think that that one's worth at least one spin, especially if you're like me and you do kind of like that um, shoegazy dreamer stuff. Um, But I do, but also full recommend for Nature of Things. It has an early start for being my favorite album of the year. We will see. Um, But I, this album is, is, uh, been very important for me through me for me through this year so far and i don't see it uh losing its influence so find it wherever listen to it folks it's really 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 fucking good now we're going to talk about something very different (laughs) yeah full full 180 here some would say uh this was a noe pick movie you know it i thought this movie came out in 2018 i was wrong this movie came out in 2019 2019 so 2019 brother time is moving and, you know, like Steve Miller says, it keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Because I really did think this came out in 2018, and I was very convinced that it did, but it came out in 2019. Holy smokes. This is Harmony Corinne's 2019 film, The Beach Bum. Snap, snap, snap. Yes, yes. Snap, 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 snap. Okay, yeah. Ooh, oh, my God. Snap, snap, snap. Um, mm-hmm. Mason. Mm-hmm. You've seen this movie before, right? Yep. I watched it for the first time on June 20th, 2019. Why? According to Letterboxd. <laughs> uh, I feel like, um, I'm trying to remember, I think a friend of mine, Wes, recommended this movie, and I just kind of saw it getting uh, some hype, some degree of hype, and I liked Spring Breakers. I don't have much of a connection to Car- Harmony Corinne outside of that, but I was like, I'll give this a shot. I like, I like McConaughey. It looks fun. And I watched it. 
Wow. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> That's all I remember. I had a uh, had a bit of a Mandela fucking moment with this movie, thinking that uh, I watched it prior to it actually coming out because I thought that I watched this movie in February of 2019. I was convinced that I watched this movie mm. in February of 2019 because I was interning my last semester at college. I was interning at a management company in Beverly Hills. And this is the same management company that I would drive uh, to to go to that class that the teacher said, well, if you're late, then I'm going to fail you if you miss more than two classes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very awesome time in my life racing back to Orange County from L.A. during the heat of rush hour. Um, and just having to shit the entire time down because I was too Yeah, afraid. sounds like a good time, brother. <laughs> sounds like it was really healthy for you. Yeah, it was a really awesome time uh, too afraid to t- go take a shit at the bathroom, except later on when I realized it was actually fine to take a shit there because I was being unpaid to intern there, which was awesome. But yeah. they did give me lunch, so that was cool. Um, I don't actually have a lot of bad things to say about that place. That place was actually fine, uh, and I liked it a lot. But uh, we had a half day because the way that that internship worked is that there was the morning crew and there was the afternoon crew slash the night crew. The morning crew mm, okay. had to come in at 8.30 in the morning. That's when we had to be in the office. And because of my schedule, I could not do the afternoon crew because I had to get back for that class. I had to get back for that fucking oh, shit, brother. Class. <laughs> that class keeps <laughs> fucking me up big time. And so yeah. I would have to get there at 830 in the morning from my orange California apartment. And that is not an easy drive. Oh, <laughs> and no. Uh, and the afternoon crew would come in, I think, at like 1130 or I want to say, I think is when they would come in. Uh, but they got they had to stay until like seven or something like that. So mm. they had to stay later, which ultimately would have been good for me in that situation because I would have been able to leave and not hit as much traffic on the way back, but I just couldn't swing it. I had to do the morning crew bullshit. And then there was we had this half day and I thought it was for President's Day. And that's why I thought that it was a mm. half day. And that's why I thought that it was in February. But the movie didn't even come out until late March anyway. But either way, okay. We had a half day at the office for some fucking reason. I don't know why. Maybe there was some holiday in April that, like, I can't, th- I don't know what it was. Uh, but we had some sort of half day. But the morning crew had to come in. The morning crew had to come in anyway, and the afternoon crew got the rest of the day off. And I was like, that fucking sucks so bad. That sucks shit, brother. That's awful. <laughs> it was awful. I was, like, pissed about it the entire way up, uh, up the freeway to this place. Uh, but we left at, like, I don't know, one o'clock or something like that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I could drive back to Orange County now or I could just hang out in L.A. for the day since I'm already up Mm -hmm. here and I don't have to go to class, basically. Like, that Mm -hmm. is the whole thing is, like, I don't have to go to class. It was a Friday. Uh, So I'm just going to hang out in L.A. So Mason, and this is actually a little bit timely that we're talking about this now because the Beach Bum is the only movie that I ever saw at a Pacific theater at the Grove. Oh. Yeah. And I didn't even try and line it up this way, but obviously, you know, the news came out what I guess will be like last week, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think a week from, yeah, a week from, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like a week ago uh, that Arclight and Hall Pacific theaters are not going to be reopening, at least of this recording. Some people think that some people are going to swoop in and save the Arclight Cinerama Dome, but as of now, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. As of now, um, 
And yeah, as of now, it looks like they're shut down. And there was a uh, man, which is just it was it was an expensive time out at the movies, but it was always a good time at the movies, even if you weren't necessarily seeing a good movie. I don't think I always like going to the arc. Line. Yeah, it was fun. It was like a little bit of yeah. a museum. I mean, because they actually gave a shit, you know? Like, yeah, they had a guy or you know, someone come in before and be like, you know, do some shitty stand up about the rules yeah. of the theater and how, yeah. you know, we're going to show you like maybe one or two previews, but otherwise, you know, you're getting the best quality projection, the best quality sound. If you have any problems, talk to us. It was like a little bit of an event. And especially for me, yeah. going to school in Orange County, if we were going to go to the Arclight, it was like, okay. This is the night. Don't fuck this up. Don't double book yourself. Don't, you know, make yeah. other plans because we got to leave here at like 4.30 to make the 7 o'clock movie if we want to make mm-hmm. sure that we, you know, get, you know, a, you know if we want to make it on time, basically. Because even though yeah. it was reserved yeah. seating and everything, it still took a while. It still was middle of rush hour L.A. And I have a lot of great memories of just being in the car with my friends, hoping that we're going to make it on time to this 7 o'clock movie, especially if it was... Because they don't let you in after, like, five minutes of the movie starting. It's right, like the other yeah. Thing. They're pre- yeah, 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 yeah. It was... It's a bummer, man. I'll miss it. Um, I think there's going... Like, the good news is, like, the dome, I think, is uh, not going anywhere, like, the physical structure, but who knows if it's going to be a movie theater <laughs> anymore, um, or if it is, like... Might just be like the Netflix theater or something. Like I heard that being speculated. Yeah. Like I would not Netflix be surprised if something no. like that happened. I actually, that would like I was talking to our friend Dustin uh, on the phone the other day, and mm. we were kind of speculating a little bit. And I'm like, I bet you it's like turns into what the El Capitan is, where it like becomes Netflix's <sighs> home or Disney's yeah. home or Hulu's home yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's going to end up being what happens to it because. I don't think the structure is going to go anywhere, but I do think it's going no. to be a very different version, at least in the essence of what the old place was. Yeah, but uh, I don't have that kind of attachment for the Pacific Theaters. I want a handful of times to both <laughs> the one at the Brand and the one at the Grove. Um, but this is the only one. Did you see this at the Brand or you saw this one at the Grove? I forgot which. I saw this. So I saw this one at the Grove, um, and okay. I don't have an attachment to Pacific Theaters, but I also liked yeah. Pacific Theaters when I was in there. Uh, it do, it's not nearly as good of a deal as going to an Arclight. It feels more expensive for some reason to go to the Grove. Yeah. Uh, or I guess it's the Americana, right, is the other Pacific Theaters, right? Uh, yeah, the Americana at the brand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they don't feel as fun as an Arclight, but, like, they're still a good quality theater. And this is the only movie I ever saw at a Pacific Theater. I was one of, like, five people in there. And I just had a fucking blast, dude. I, like loved watching this movie in theaters. Um, Corinne is a very, Harmony Corinne's a very divisive filmmaker, but also like, you know you're watching a Harmony Corinne movie when you're watching a Harmony Corinne movie. Like, I don't think there's any doubt in your mind that it's like, oh, this guy is doing exactly what he wants to do in a movie. And I respect that a lot. I respect his ability to just have that touch, whatever it is, you know, throughout his career. I don't think there's ever been a question of you're watching a Harmony Corinne movie. And I think he just is, like, divisive, like, right off the bat. I remember watching Gummo in high school. I was, like, 16 
when I watched Gummo for the first time. I had to go to Movie Madness in Portland, Oregon, from do the like the 15 mile drive from my house in Beaverton mm. to Movie Madness, which I don't know if they're gonna make it through the pandemic, but hopefully they do. That place is know. fucking incredible. Shout out to Movie Madness. Uh, I donated to a Kickstarter of theirs, like back in like 2016 when it was like first gonna we're, be probably shut down. We're pulling for them. We're pulling for them. Let's shout out Movie Madness in Portland, Oregon. Shout out Movie Madness. Um, but I had to drive all the way out there to get a physical disc of Gummo to rent it. And I was so curious about that movie. Uh, and I didn't like it, quote unquote. I didn't enjoy watching it at the time. But I still felt mm. a respect for what he was doing because it made me feel so uncomfortable at times and yet so like moved at times i don't know like it has he's so able to like make you feel something strong you know what i mean regardless of what it is and that's what i respect about harmony corinne i've never seen spring breakers no i've never seen spring breakers i've only seen gummo and the beach bum i've never been that interested in watching spring breakers regardless of if it has been reappraised as sort of like oh, this looks like trash, and like a lot of people thought it was not good or whatever at the time, even if it has gone through a bit of a reappraisal you know, or whatever. I've just never been that interested in it for whatever reason. It's never really struck me as some of his other mm. movies have. Like Literally, last night, I almost watched Mr. Lonely uh, as sort of like a just to have another Harmony Corinne you know, talking point or whatever. Watched The Guest mm-hmm. by Anna Wingard instead. But I, <laughs> which is a fucking weird movie. I think a better use also. of your time, honestly. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the Guest is a great movie. It is good. I really like The Guest. It had made some yep. parts that made me feel like that emoji where it's like, wow, 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 with its lips. You know what I mean? Where it's like, wow, 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 like with its lips. Where I'm just like, this is kind of fucking weird and not in a good way. <laughs> but like, that movie is really good. Um, either way, Harmony Corinne. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I really like the Beach Bum. That's why I wanted to bring it on the show. We probably could have talked about any Harmony yeah. Corinne movie, but I think this is his most accessible movie uh, as far as not making you feel as alienated, possibly, as some of his other works. I would probably say no, this... most people to start here or Spring Breakers as far as like where you enter the world of Harmony Corinne, um, but I am not familiar enough with Spring Breakers to bring it on the show, and so that's why I wanted to bring this one on. This sure. This is the least like a harmony Korean, a harmony Korean movie, at least as far as I understand it. Again, I also have a very limited because just because his his films never particularly interested me. Um, but I like this movie because it's so um, welcoming, even with its dirtiness. Where the his movie, his the rest of his movies. And him as a person is is repellent, kind of. Well, it's like a <laughs> by lot design. of his, a lot of his other movies don't feel. This movie really, actually, you feel like he's having fun making this movie. Yeah. Like, you yeah. feel that there is... I was going to say this movie has the most heart of any Harmony Korine movie that I can think of without having seen a lot of other his features. I've actually seen a lot of his shorts that he's done. They're just, like, sure. available to watch on YouTube or whatever. Or, like, you know, he did some stuff with Vice, and I even think that the Beach Bum is, like, a Vice movies production or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But... This movie really does just, like, give you the sense that he actually was enjoying the process of making this movie, and it didn't feel like some, like, you know, some boulder that he had to, like, drag up a hill for the art's sake. You know, like, this literally just feels fun from every, you know, angle of it, whether it's McConaughey. Well, the, mor- the moral of the story, yeah, the moral of the story, and the story being the beach bum, the moral of the story is have fun. <laughs> it's just enjoy 
what's happening to you. You know, what just enjoy yeah. your life, which is like no shit. Like it's like every movie ultimately at the end of the day, but the way this one goes about it is kind of magical because it's like part art house film, part screwball comedy, part like Florida centered like kaleidoscope yeah. thing where it's just like these little vignettes and like of Snoop Dogg and Matthew McConaughey smoking a giant piece of weed. You know what I mean? Like in that room, the, the, the biggest joint, the biggest joint committed to film as far as I, as far as I know, it's a huge, well, they they have that room. <laughs> this movie loves drugs. The movie loves drugs, but they have that room where they go in and they like are inhaling off. Oh, there's that super, plant. yeah. The super rare, like the super rare strain or the super rare plant or something. They're like purple in that purple room. Yeah. In the purple this movie room. has great colors. Well, it has great, also. it has great colors. And there's also that huge joint that that, like, drummer, like, that steel drummer has. Is that the joint that you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I think we might have been thinking of two different things. But I really admired how big that joint was. I was like, yeah, brother, fucking smoke it up. And, you know, Mason, this mo- this episode will come out after, but happy 420. You know, I just had to get that out there mm-hmm. to you. I had to get that out to you. Happy 420, yeah. Mason. Yes, I'm the mayor of 420. You are the mayor of smoking weed. Uh, <laughs> I'm the sheriff of smoking weed. That's funny, right? Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, it's, it looks great. We've had a lot of movies of late set in Florida, actually. If you mm. want to think about that, we've had Some Kind of Heaven, the doc that just came out, The Florida Project, Moonlight, this movie, our friend Sean Dunn's movie Florida Man, uh, if you even mm. want to go back a little bit farther in the 2010s. But there has been sort of this like mini subgenre of like Florida movie. If you really wanted to do like a Florida movie, like movie night, and this movie I feel like fits in really well in that because you have some of the dirtiness of Florida, and you also have some of the excess that is associated with Florida, and you have this weird story about this guy. It's kind of about a bunch of different things. It's about a guy trying to finish a book or you know a collection of poems or whatever he's trying to finish he says novel mm-hmm. but he like is a poet like by trade or whatever yeah uh and it's also about a guy getting over the death of his wife which i guess that's technically a spoiler but also nothing in this movie is really a spoiler to be honest with you yeah uh it's just yeah. kind of one of those and i really appreciated like especially having been in a pandemic you know for the last year and some change just how fucking challenging it can feel just to get something done. You know, just the act of mm-hmm. trying to finish something, whether it, you know, whether it's good, quote unquote, or not at the end of the day, you just have to finish it. Just getting to the point where you're done with it is an accomplishment within you know, of itself, having a draft of something done. And it's like, yeah, this guy goes on all these twists and turns and like very much distracts himself from trying to get this thing done, meeting up with all these crazy characters. But by the end of the day, he gets it done. He comes through. Moondog mm-hmm. comes through, you know? He does. <laughs> Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Say something about this movie! Um, I, I... I don't know. I like it just fine. Both times I liked it a lot i wasn't as enthusiastic about it as other people i don't know what it is uh i don't know if it's just wasn't hitting me in the right it's 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 
it's the other side of that meat. It's it's very loose by design. It's very it's more vignette than anything. And I I'm not asking it to be more connected, but there's just something there that I'm not able to grasp onto the same way that other people are. I like it just fine. Um, I have I it makes me feel good. Like I'm glad that I watched it after I'm done watching it. But I don't know. It doesn't really feel like there's a lot for me to grab onto in this one. And that's it's. I guess it's because. Again, it feels like either side of uh, Harmony Korean's re- and Spring Breakers is another Florida movie. Um, yes. I guess I kind of would prefer the more. I guess I'm just more tuned to the more repellent side of that than the. <laughs> I could I could have said that about you, Mason. I could have said that you're more yeah. tuned to the repellent but side I, of things. But I like I but a lot of the things that I do admire about this movie are the similar things that you admire about this movie. I like that it is about like. Uh, greeting kind uh, greeting uh, 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 trouble and, and tribulation and strife and just awful shit happening to you um, with an attitude of trying to find some fun in it. Like I love that after immediately, you know, he, um, so spoilers, his wife dies. Ella Fisher dies, unfortunately, uh, who's f- so fucking funny in this movie. Funny by the way. and just, at times kind of steals the show away from McConaughey. I would yeah. argue like when yeah, she's actually yeah. on screen, it's like, damn, watch out for her. Like she's fucking bringing it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, uh, but so he's kind of coasting off of her money. <laughs> Their relationship is so funny. Actually, you know what? I think I'm coming around on this movie now that I'm like talking about it. <laughs> you know? I don't believe you, but yeah, keep saying what, keep saying what you want to say, but go for it. Um, cause I like that he, um, in, a, in an act of rebellion, he brings bums to his, st- like his, his Oceanside mansion or something. And they just like bust it. Like they just break down the place. Um, I like that scene a lot. Um, I like <laughs> Zach Efron's also really funny. I, this, there's a ton, there's hilarious, um, fucking just performances in this. It, it is, man, I don't know. You know what? It's nice to watch people having a good time making something, I guess, is what is where I'm coming down to more when I'm thinking about it. I think Zac Efron uh, is an underrated actor because of High School Musical. We think of him as pretty boy, whatever, you know, and I'm not saying every movie that he's been in has been good, but I do think that he has more to offer than I think some people give him the opportunity to do. And that, I think, is something Mm. that Harmony Korean is good at is just finding interesting people and letting them do things outside of what they would normally do. You know, think about what McConaughey was doing before this, when we had his sort of McConaissance in like the early 2010s, we had Dallas buyers club, Wolf of wall street, true detective season one, which is not as good as true detective season two, you know, and everyone knows that and agrees upon that Mm -hmm. fact. Um, Mm -hmm. And then to do this at the end of the decade, Complete 180 from what he was doing before. And even before, I mean, no one, there aren't really parts like this. Just every It's like, day. um, yeah, he kind of does have like a, like McConaughey, even in his like fucking Lincoln commercials or the wild turkey commercials, you know, like he's a guy that's like having a refined good time. And in this movie, he's just allowed to be filthy, filthy, <laughs> just ab- dirty, disgusting, yeah. you know, like putrid. And I do understand that there is sort of like this argument to be made about like, this movie doesn't make any sense because Moondog's character is like so like 
abrasive and vile that like why do people let him get away with that stuff but i think that's part of the charm of the movie it's all vibes i guess it's part of the charm because it's i mean i love that his daughter says you are an idiot i love that his daughter who is by far the most sane person in the entire movie like without a shadow of a doubt his daughter who's getting married to this guy that he does not appreciate or like very much calls him a limp dick like she says to him what I think the specific quote is, my dad is fucking crazy. Like, he's just, he's, she, and she knows that, you know. My dad is insane, but there's still love there. You know, she can recognize the fact that my dad's crazy, my dad's insane. But throughout the movie, yeah. we see that he cares about her, and we see that he cares enough about other people. So even though he is reckless, it's like, the guy still has, like, a beating heart to him. You know, he's not a complete fucking bull in a china shop. You know what I mean? No, I think the char- I like the character of Moondog. I'm glad that we got an hour and a half of just straight hanging with Moondog at the end of the day. You know? Hanging with Moondog um, sounds like a jackass. <laughs> I don't know what Moondog is in the jackass world. Well, isn't the isn't the is this in your fast facts? Is is uh Moondog based? Isn't Moondog based off of a, a local character? I know there's a an outsider musician named Moondog. Uh, who's a blind New York musician, I want to say, but was the character in this movie based off of a specific person other than that? I don't have that in my fast facts. I didn't find anything that would gotcha. about the character of who Moondog's based on. But I, yeah, but I agree with you. This is He's a guy that is very good at taking what life throws at him in stride. Because even when he finds, like, he's hurt when he first finds out that um, Ela Fisher is, when he comes across Ela Fisher and Snoop Dogg, like, macking on each other yeah. at the wedding, which is very brazen of them. It is. They're <laughs> they just, just fucking doing it. Yeah, they're just doing it. But it's also like he finds out and he's like upset about it. But when he sees Snoop Dogg later, whose name is Lingerie, but they call him Ray, which I think is really funny. It is funny. Um, He's he's cordial to the guy. He understands. He takes it in stride. You know, like that's I do appreciate that about this movie is it's like there's not a lot of characters in in movies that take things like take trouble easily and make it look natural while doing so like sometimes i feel like you can have a character that's put through some trials and they take things easily and you're like this is a a a, a, a crazy person like i would be yeah <laughs> you know uh but you watch this movie and it's just the justification or the kind of like read that he has on his energy at the end of the movie where he's like i just wait you know and then like he does like a little i for, i should have written it down i forgot to but you know the, the speech that I'm talking about, where it's like it's all like it comes out of my my hands and it goes onto the page or something like that. I don't know um, that one specifically, th- but I, I he does okay. a bunch of little readings of his work and you know talks about his process or whatever throughout the time. And I had a little point about that, which is I actually like the moon dog poetry in this movie. Oh, you do? Yeah. I don't know how I f- I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I like that the movie is committed to every word that comes out of his mouth and is called poetry is genius. No matter who hears it. I think that that's a great, it's awesome in the world of the movie. Yeah. And I like, I actually do like it. Like I like the, you know, I fucked you twice that day. And every time my dick was inside you, like I knew that like you were beautiful or something like that. Like it's this like crassness to it. That is like very sweet and also has a little bit of like country wisdom to it, you know, cause we don't, I don't, at least I don't, being from, you know, the West Coast my entire life, I don't ever really think about Florida as the South. 
but it really is mm-hmm. the South. Mm-hmm. And I have friends who are from there. Our friend Marissa H. Marissa Hecker is from Florida. And a lot, a lot, and my friend Nikki and, you know, my buddy Christian got some friends from that area. And a, a common phrase that I hear there is the more North you go, the more South you get, which is just an awesome mm. phrase to just describe just how things change up there. Uh, and Miami and sort of that, you know, Miami-Dade County and Key West, I think, is definitely the most – that's about as south as you can get anywhere in the United States. But – or southern mm-hmm. as far as southern geographically, northern as far as mentality or whatever. But there is a yeah. dirtiness to that place. There is a little bit of just a freak quality to Florida. And I think that is what is so interesting to outsiders about it is that, like, man, anything goes, apparently. Anything is, you know – Anything can be fun, as our friend Thomas likes to say or said on the Gex episode. That just popped into my head. Um, I also think the use of music in this movie is awesome. I think that the use of music, like mm-hmm. I wrote down, there's a couple, there's four songs that are used in this movie, and I all are that I think are particularly. They're kind well of used, used as like chapter breaks. Like that's another thing I like about this that I can appreciate about this movie is that there's like without like putting title cards on the screen, it does feel like there's kind of like the movie segmented into chapters and each one's kind of, you segment, you know, uh, by the delineated by the songs and also by like the kind of the featured actors that Moondog is interacting with. Totally. And that's another thing is that ensemble cast. And that's like a big calling card of the movie is that you got McConaughey who's sort of, you know, shepherding you through this adventure. You have Jonah Hill in the movie who personally I think is the weakest of sort of the supporting characters that he talks to and i really like jonah hill i think jonah hill is fantastic i'm a i'm a fan of his but i think that his character is the weakest and sort of the most uninteresting of sort of the people that we run into and i think martin lawrence's character is the most interesting and the most fun person that we run into yeah you know yeah definitely there's an awful lot of jonah hill in this movie and if you're not i think that this this his performance in this movie i think is really really funny I, I kind of like him in this movie, actually. I don't think he's bad in the movie. I just think that he's sort of an uphill battle because I think his character is not as interesting, sure, personally. Sure. I think the Martin Lawrence character is more interesting. Snoop Dogg's more interesting. Even Jimmy Buffett, I think, is funnier. Like, it's like watch yeah. in this movie who, like, Jimmy Buffett is just completely leaned into his, like, you know, Margaritaville, take it easy, you know, mentality when the man has, like, so much other music. You know what I mean? Right. But the music in this movie... Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot, great use mm-hmm. of that song in this movie. On and On by Stephen Bishop, it's is that all there is, which I think is the best use of music in this movie. That's like that moment where her and him and Ella Fisher get to dance. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's like so tender. That sequence is, and then how it seamlessly moves into the the tragedy of the movie, and then how that kind of plays. I thought that sequence was incredible. Um, and I love that song. Uh, is that all there is? That's a big, uh, that's a big song in Mad Men. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Uh, and then the final song that is used in the movie is Into the Mystic by Van Morrison, which is not a song mm-hmm. that you would anticipate to be used in a very chaotic moment, which the ending of this movie is pure chaos. Like, I think yeah. that's fair to say. I don't want to necessarily actually spoil what the ending of the movie is, even though there really aren't spoilers. But I think if you haven't seen uh, this movie, the ending is, like, very worthwhile going into blind. So I'm not going to say what the ending of this movie is, but it is very uh, juxtaposed in a very interesting way to what's happening. And it's very freeing and liberating almost in this way uh, that I think is very interesting. And again, regardless, I think regardless of what you think of Harmony Korine as a filmmaker... I think he does 
a very interesting thing in his movies, which is you are repulsed at times, you are laughing at times, you are feeling moved at times, you are feeling just horrified at times, but it's all interesting, you know? It's yeah. all interesting. So that's about all I have to say about The Beach Bum. I think it's a very special movie. I think it's very interesting, and I think it's the most accessible Harmony Korine movie, and I would recommend to start here for people then probably Spring Breakers, then just dive into the deep end with everything else that that man has to offer. But that's all I got to say. Any other final thoughts, Mason? Uh, Nope, get into the Fast Facts. Following, <clears throat> okay, here we go, Fast Facts. Following the release of Spring Breakers and time spent living in Florida, Harmony Korine penned The Beach Bum, which is, quote, based loosely on a set of characters he was hanging out with in the Keys. Uh, speaking about the connection between the cast of Hollywood stars and local Florida grit, Corinne said, quote, I like when they meet in the middle, like when all the secondary characters and all the locations, color, sky, everything. It affects the main roles in a way. It's almost like a chemical reaction. Here's something fucked, Mason. Are you ready for this? This is fucked. The role of Moondog was written for Gary Oldman originally, and he turned it down. Come on, Gary. Dude, I think Gary Oldman on, in this movie Gary. would have been amazing. I that is something I would love to see. I think McConaughey is great, but I would love to see Gary Oldman in this movie. I would me too. Me too, truthfully. I am so curious what his take on this would have been, but we'll never know because he was he was a a coward. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. Uh, all right. Bitch. <laughs> he was he was a little fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, little fucking bitch, little fuck, what darkest hour bitch, <laughs> doing your Joe Wright bitch ass movie instead of taking a fucking swing. Uh, additional strange inspiration came to Corinne as he was eating a panini sandwich. The director thought the pattern would quote look good on Zach's face. That quote later went viral when New Yorker columnist Lauren Leibowitz tweeted about the design for Efron's beard. That is funny. Ha ha. It looks like a peony. Ha mm-hmm. Everyone who's, you know, thinks Joe Biden is a good guy probably thinks that's a funny quote. Um, while appearing on Jimmy Kimmel Live, McConaughey recounted how Snoop Dogg swapped out fake prop marijuana with Snoop weed. Ha ha. McConaughey said the experience, quote, the next nine hours were a whole lot of fun, but I don't believe we used one word in English. So ha ha. They're getting stoned on set. That's so funny. 420. Ha ha. Uh, in the United States and Canada, the Beach Bum was released alongside Dumbo and Unplanned. Mason, do you remember Unplanned? I don't. Which one was Unplanned? Unplanned. I'm reading the Wikipedia right now. Unplanned is a 2019 American drama anti-abortion film written and directed. Oh, no. <laughs> written and directed by Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman. It is based on the disputed memoir Unplanned by Abby Johnson. Those movies make so much fucking money, and they are evil. They are fucking evil. Yeah. So that is, that they might actually be the antichrist. Uh, it's just fucking propaganda. That's all it is. Yeah. It's anti-abortion propaganda. So fuck it. There's a lot of people that'll buy it. There's a lot. There is a frightful number of people that. Will yeah, they make so much money. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It is scary. But anyway, the uh, the beach bumble opened alongside Dumbo and Unplanned. It was projected to gross two between two and four million in the one thousand fifteen theaters. It was opening in in that weekend. The film made sixty six hundred and fifty thousand on its first day, including two hundred thousand from Thursday night previews, and ended up just debuting to one point eight million, the lowest wide mm. opening of McConaughey's career. And here is something that I think just this sums up this movie and just maybe Harmony Corinne on the whole. Ready? Mm. Audiences pulled by Post Track gave the film an average 2.5 out of 5 stars, a 36% 
Oh fuck, never mind. This is this is not this is different than what I thought it was. I thought it was they gave it two point five stars uh and thirty six percent, but it's actually they gave it two point five stars and thirty six percent definite would recommend. So only thirty six percent of people would definitely recommend it. I thought it was two point five and thirty six percent, but and they give it a give it a definite recommend. Either way, that's what people think of Harmony Korine. This movie has a shockingly low rating on IMDb. Yeah, it's like a I five and like a half. Five and a half. This, 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 isn't, this movie doesn't deserve that. No, thank you. Come that's on, what I'm saying. Come on. Uh, do better, IMDb. Do, hey, IMDb, do better. Uh, the little girl on the dolphin, dolphin tour boat is played by Harmony Korine's daughter. So that's cool. Uh, mm. Korine was born in Bolinas, California, the son of Eve and Sol Korine. His father was a tap dancer and produced documentaries for PBS in the 1970s about an array of car- colorful Southern characters, and he would take Corinne to carnivals and circuses and taught him how to use a Bolex camera. As a child, Corinne watched movies with his father, who would rent Buster Keaton films, and took him to see Even Dwarves Started Small in theaters, which is, of course, a Werner Herzog film. Corinne reminisces, I knew that there was a poetry in cinema that I had never seen before that was so powerful. Uh, in an interview with Bruce LaBruce, great name, Corinne briefly mentioned that he studied business admin in college. Other sources state that he studied dramatic writing at Tisch at NYU before one semester before dropping out to pursue a career as a professional skateboarder. I kind of believe both, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Either could be true. In 1998, Corinne released The Diary of Anne Frank Part 2, a 40-minute three-screen collage featuring a boy burying his dog, kids in satanic dresses, vomiting on a Bible, and a, bla- and a man in blackface singing and dancing, My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean. It utilizes some of the same actors and themes as Gummo and can be considered a companion piece as the film utilizes footage that didn't make the final cut into Gummo. Uh... In 1999, Dazed Magazine, formerly Dazed and Confused Magazine, had an article where Corinne listed his top 10 films. Mason, are you ready for this? Let's do it. His top 10 movies, in no particular order. Peugeot by Hector Babenko, which is... Okay. I've seen it. thought it was fine. Uh, really good ending. Badlands and Days of Heaven by Terrence Malick. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Pretty standard. Fat City by John Huston. Uh, I know our buddy Sonny Dion Jr. is a big John Huston guy, right? Yeah, right. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. That was, um, yes, he was. Shout out to Sonny, Sonny Dion Jr., our friend. Shout out, bro- shout out, brother. Strozak by Herzog. Killing of a Chinese mm. Bookie and Winter, Woman Under the Influence by Cassavetes. Uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller by Robert Altman. Out Ooh. of the Blue by Dennis Hopper. And okay. Hail Mary by Jean-Luc Godard, which I don't actually know what that is, to be honest with you. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it either. And then, Mason, I am going to share my screen with you because my last fast fact is shareable. Have you ever been to the Trash Humpers website, Mason? Uh, I have not been to the Trash Humpers website. This is what I was talking about earlier. I watched uh, Kyle Colgren review this movie on thatguywiththeglasses.com. Uh, didn't seem like something I would want or had any desire to see all the way through after that. Uh but I'm, it's interesting that this website's still up, and Flash, unfortunately, is no longer supported. R.I.P. Flash. Um, R.I.P. Uh, Flash. But I wanted to show you this. This was actually, these are cool, I think, regardless of what you think of them. You can buy custom-made VHSs of Trash Humpers. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Unique Trash Humper VHSs individually vandalized and hand-signed by Harmony Corinne. There are only 300 made. Each VHS is different. Pictures are for reference only. So there are 300 unique ones, and we're only seeing six of them, and they all look cool. I would be totally down to own any of those, personally. Um, So there's that. And then there are also 35 mil film prints that are personally 
uh, vandalized. Mm. And there are apparently, according to the website, three of them have been sold, but two are still available. You can still get numbers four and five. 35 for, for 7,500 pounds, I believe. 7,500 pounds sterling. Uh, what is that in dollars? I am going to look that 35 up. 35 millimeter gauge acetate-based theatrical film print in color with optical sound. Each film print consists of 4,000 foot film reels, playable on 35 millimeter projection equipment. Each print case customized by Harmony Corinne himself. Uh, mm. That's what I wanted to share with you, Mason. If you want to go to that Trash Humpers website, I'm going to send Mason the link. You can look at it in the show description. Uh, what is 7,500 pounds U.S., Mason? I'm looking it up right now. It is about $10,490.25. That is a lot of money. <laughs> that is a lot of money. And Mason, that's money I don't have, personally. No... Not to spend on that. Mm, uh, maybe just not at all. Um, so <laughs> there's that. Those are all the fast facts that I have. My Mercedes valuable player for this is Harmony Corinne uh, for all the reasons I outlined. Like I said, you know you're watching a Harmony Corinne movie when you're watching one. Uh, and I think that, that is very unique and at times very rare to just know you are watching that kind of movie uh, when it's on. So he gets my Mercedes valuable player. And I'm actually going to give this a full recommend as well. I think this is a really fun movie. Worth watching once. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm still going to give it a full recommend. I think it's worth a watch for people. So that's where I'm at with it. Mason, where are you at? Uh, I'm going to give my Mercedes valuable player to the ensemble cast here. I think that that is, um, was the real bright spot of the movie for me was just watching Matthew McConaughey in particular, uh, interact with Snoop Dogg, with, um, Jonah Hill, with Isla Fisher, with Martin Lawrence, with Zac Efron, and just with like kind of Florida locals or whoever they could come across. Uh, I think the people in this movie are really, um, fun and interesting, uh, to spend some time with. Um, and I will give it a slightly, just a, just a regular old recommend for me. Swag. Um, on the, just on the, on the higher side of that, I think I'm a little more... Th- I worked myself up to being a little more enthusiastic about it than I initially thought I was, but still just a regular old recommendo for me. And I think that does it. Podcast! You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram. And it's on the list pod on Twitter. At my, it's on. Nope. <laughs> Whoa, there. At the links in the description, folks. The links are all in the description in the link tree. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe us. I'm gonna try to remember to say that because that is how we get on the board. You, you, you know we are on the list, and let's get us on the board. <laughs> get us on the fucking board, guys. Come on, let's do it. Rate, review, subscribe, uh, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, and yeah, find us on Instagram, Twitter, send us an email. Everybody wants to, the number two, get on the list at gmail.com. I'm your co-host Mason. I am available on Instagram at hot dog on Letterboxd and on my other podcast, The Barn, a podcast about the shield. Links to all those places in the description. Noah. Where can folks find you? What do you got going Twitter, on? Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, at Noah Marger on Twitter, at Mo- Noah.Marger on Instagram, and Moa Narger on Letterboxd. You can listen to my other podcast, my favorite podcast, podcast about people's favorite things. This week, 
talking to my sweetheart friend, actress, writer, director, Emily Sirier, and we're talking about fucking cookies. That's right. Mm-hmm. Pulling a Doughboys, talking about food, talking about sweet treats, confections of all kinds. Uh, and the first ever Crunchies Awards will be held on that episode as well, mm-hmm. giving awards out to cookies that deserve it for good and possibly not so good reasons as well. Uh, so listen to that. That comes out yesterday if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram there. Like, rate, subscribe that podcast as well. And, of course, your local government, YLG.world on Instagram, your local government comedy on YouTube. Sketch comedy that I do with my friend, Fed, who I have ga- I gave him a kiss. <laughs> who I gave him a kiss. You, you do what? What were you going to say first? <laughs> don't, I don't know. I don't know, actually, to be honest with you. I don't okay. know. Don't need to talk about it yep, anymore, then. I, don't know. I, I guess. have no fucking idea. I just want to give my friend Fed a kiss, and that's all I want to do. Uh, all I want to okay. do is give Fed a kiss. Give Fed a kiss. <laughs> I got a feeling I'm going to give him a kiss. Give Fed a kiss. <laughs> that's all I got. Mason, what all else? Right. Uh, what else we got to say, folks? Um, fuck the cops, especially this week, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, fuck them. We don't need them, yep. I would say. Uh, get rid of them. Get rid of them all. Uh, black lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Uh, also, don't forget, uh, fuck Joe Biden. Uh, fuck uh, Kamala Harris. Fuck Lori Lightfoot. Fuck Andrew Cuomo. Uh, oh, man. I, you know what? I'm going to stop myself there because the list is just way too long. But, folks, love your friends. Tell your friends you love them. Tell your family you love them. Tell a stranger you love them if they got something nice going on that day. And if, when that is all said and done, we will see you all next time. Yep. Yeah.